Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm Chris Eliza, editor at large and politics reporter in for David Chalian. I write and host the Point newsletter and YouTube show for CNN. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Friday, February 25th. President Joe Biden has made his decision on who he wants to fill retiring Justice Stephen Breyer's seat on the Supreme Court. This announcement couldn't have come at a more critical time for President Biden and Democrats. Biden has selected D.C. Circuit Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson. She was reportedly the frontrunner all along. If confirmed, Jackson will be the first black woman justice to serve on the high court. A source told CNN that she received and accepted Biden's offer in a call Thursday night. And this is kind of fun. When the news broke this morning that she was Biden's nominee, she was actually participating in oral arguments for three federal court cases. This nominee is significant for many reasons, but here's one. For too long, our government, our courts haven't looked like America. And I believe it's time that we have a court reflects the full talents and greatness of our nation with a nominee of extraordinary qualifications. So who is Ketanji Brown-Jackson? You're going to hear her name a lot these next few weeks. Jackson is currently a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, and she once clerked for Justice Stephen Breyer. Biden wanted to pick someone worthy of Breyer's legacy, and as a former clerk for him, that choice does seem fitting. And during this process, you look for someone who, like Justice Breyer, has a pragmatic understanding that the law must work for the American people. Someone who has historical perspective to understand that the Constitution is a resilient charter of liberty. Someone with the wisdom to appreciate that the Constitution protects certain inalienable rights. Rights that fall within the most fundamental personal freedoms that our society recognizes. Jackson earned her undergraduate and law degrees at Harvard. She also worked as a federal public defender, an attorney in private practice, a federal district court judge, and a member of the U.S. Sentencing Commission, which studies and develops sentencing policies for the federal courts. Her parents worked in public schools, which she has said inspired her to become a public defender. The White House indicated her time in the federal public defender's office was critical to Biden's selection, setting her apart from other candidates. If I'm fortunate enough to be confirmed as the next Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, I can only hope that my life and career, my love of this country and the Constitution, and my commitment to upholding the rule of law and the sacred principles upon which this great nation was founded will inspire future generations of Americans. So why else did Biden pick Jackson? Well, let's start with Jackson's appeal to the left. Earlier this week, a dozen liberal groups sent a letter to President Biden nudging him to choose someone with a background working as a public defender or in civil rights. Check. Jackson has been the favorite for the seat since Justice Breyer announced his retirement last month because she checked the most boxes for a president who desperately needs to fire up the Democratic base for November's midterms. In picking Jackson, Biden is giving his base what it wants, and he's doing so at a time when that base is lukewarm at best about him and his presidency. The timing of this choice is interesting for two reasons. The first, the elephant in the room, Russia invaded Ukraine yesterday. Some Republicans have all kinds of issues with Biden's choice, which we'll get to in a minute. But Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, who sits on the Judiciary Committee, said the announcement is, quote, extremely inappropriate after a, quote, unprovoked full-scale invasion. Committee Chairman Dick Durbin disagrees. 
The second reason this timing is interesting is because it's exactly two years to the date that Biden promised on the campaign trail to nominate a black woman to the bench should he get the chance. Black female House members, all of whom are Democrats, applauded Biden for, quote, fulfilling his campaign promise. So what's next? Well, the Senate starts its confirmation process, which Democrats have said will be a speedy one. The goal of Senate Democratic leaders is to have the nominee confirmed by the April 11th congressional recess. While only a simple majority is necessary to confirm Supreme Court nominees in the 50-50 Senate, Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee could boycott a vote to stall the nomination. Jackson has just been confirmed by the Senate in June 2021 with 53 votes. All 50 Democrats, including occasional rebels Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona, voted for her. And three Republicans joined them, Senators Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and Susan Collins of Maine. So what are Republicans saying about KBJ? Well, they've criticized her educational background for being too elitist, Harvard and all, her record on crime, and the support she holds from left-wing groups. Lindsey Graham, who I just mentioned voted to confirm her last year, appears to have changed his tune, saying in a tweet that, quote, the radical left has won President Biden over yet again. Susan Collins called Jackson, quote, an experienced federal judge with impressive academic and legal credentials in a statement today. Lisa Murkowski of Alaska has said she is undecided on how she'll vote on the pick. These reactions from both the left and the right today highlight just how partisan this fight is likely to be. For Biden, Jackson's nomination represents an opportunity to fix what ails him. He's looking to change the subject, with a majority of the American public disapproving of the way that he's handled the Russia situation. And Ketanji Brown-Jackson represents the best chance for Biden to do just that. That's it for today's political briefing. I'm Chris Eliza, and thanks so much for listening. Please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more of me and my political analysis, subscribe to my nightly email newsletter, The Point, and to CNN's YouTube channel. CNN Political Briefing is a product of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is our executive producer. Greg Peppers is our supervising producer. Mohammed Darwish is our senior producer. Our episodes are produced by Krista Bowe and Taylor Galgano. We'll be back Monday.